No, go ahead, talk. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. The WordBros.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to season three, the start of season three of Word Bros. Hello and welcome. Welcome back, season three. I mean, can we play the welcome back, welcome back, Cotter theme? We probably get sued soon now. No, we can't play it. They'd sue us for that, you think? Maybe. It's really old. Yeah, but I mean, the guy from the the guy from Love and Spoonful ain't doing shit, so who knows? I mean, he might be scouring podcasts looking to sue people. But yeah, I mean. This is season three of the podcast. Thanks for sticking around. Um, we funded Metal Shark Bro 2. We've been working on that. Kevin got a new job. I got a new job. Uh, we're working on Chase the Moon. We got a lot of shit going on, man. So uh, we're going to try to find time to do the podcast when we can. We're going to try to do the podcast when we have some cool guests. We've been busy doing shows. Kevin, you went to Baltimore Comic Con over the weekend, yes? I did. You went to Memphis. I was in Memphis. I saw Jerry the King Lawler. I know. I saw. That's pretty awesome, dude. Do you did you speak that- to him? No, it was 10 bucks. I'm not paying 10 bucks to speak to Jerry the King Lola. I did. <laughs> like, I don't give a shit. Um, Sorry, Jerry the King Lola. You're I not mean, worth my $10. If it was. It was Ric Flair. Yes, yes, then $10, but not Jerry. I mean, I was never a big fan of uh, like the the Mid-South wrestling. So I didn't really. It was just more like, a, oh, I know Jerry the King Lola from announcing WWE back in the day. Right. And you know the, the oh my god, King! Yeah, know, I couldn't that, that name. Yes. Yeah, I couldn't name like a classic Jerry the King Lawler match. I couldn't name like a great feud that I saw him in as a kid. Like I, yeah. You're gonna get some internet hate on this. Some that's fine. I mean, if somebody want to hate on me because I'm so, not, a, I, I don't. If someone wants to hate on my ignorance, Kevin, that's fine. I will say this um, for Jerry the King Lawler: he actually owns his own 1966 Batmobile. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's road legal. I guess it's not road legal, but he does drive it in and out of the show. So like, that's, what, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, so Jerry the King Lawler owns a 66 uh, Batmobile. That is an interesting Jerry the King Lawler fact I would have never known about the man who invented the pile driver or who perfected the pile driver. I don't know which one is it. I don't know I if he invented, he invented it. He invented the pile driver. He perfected it? Maybe. What did he do? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I'm not a big Jerry the King Lawler. Neither fan. am I. He he wasn't a big. I mean, I, I'm I'm not hating on you for not like I I wasn't. He was already done wrestling by the time I started watching wrestling. Yes. So like he's from like the 70s, and by at that time I wasn't watching wrestling. <laughs> yeah. So um, so like I don't know. I don't know much about Jerry the King Lawler. So there we go. Neither. So I know he I did know. a pile driver. That's what I know he did. That's his finishing move. That's and he beat up Andy Kaufman. Yeah, all the time. And that's all I know. And it was a work. I know that. It was like yeah. one of the best works ever because they like they went in on it and and it was all planned and and that sort of thing. 
Yep. So that's all I know. But I do know that we have a gr- we have great guests this week on the podcast. We're talking to Caleb Plumquist. 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 We're talking. Think, think of a cool skateboarding trick. And you Plumquist. We're talking to Caleb and Noah from the a wonderful new Kickstarter that I backed during the interview. It is called A Small Favor: The Undying Soldier numero uno that's live on kickstarter right now you can check that out and hey do yourself a favor check that out and while you're at it check out this interview caleb palmquist and I've never met you, Noah me, so hello and welcome. Hello. My name is hey. Bob. Welcome to the season three of Word Bros. Um, you guys are our first big guests of season three, so I'm excited to have you. Thanks wow. for having us. Of course, of course, of course. Now, you boys are the uh, brain children, if you will, behind a brand new Kickstarter. Yes, yes? Yep. Yep, that's correct. All right. Now tell me tell me about your uh, wonderful Kickstarter. What's it called? How can I get involved? What are we looking at here? What are you doing? How are we rocking and rolling? When did you launch? All that jazz. Get going, Caleb. Start chatting. All right. Uh, the new Kickstarter is called A Small Favor, The Undying Soldier, number one. Um, it's a long title. It's basically the next uh, issue of our ongoing comic series called A Small Favor. Okay. Um, which is a sci-fi story with uh historical fiction elements it's about an immortal man who's been alive since the civil war okay Um, and now it's the distant future um he's traveling the stars with his ai companion liz trying to uh, essentially solve the mystery of his own immortality why he can't die um and the coolest thing about the book is it's told through flashbacks so while the bulk of the story takes place in the year 2811 out in space there's all these flashbacks of different parts in his life. Um, and every flashback is drawn by a different artist. Uh, so we actually have a ton of different artists on the book. Oh, that sounds like a giant pain in the ass. Why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> like, why would you do that to yourself? Uh, that's a good question. Um, we, uh, I originally created the series with my friend John Grimes. Whatever and- happened to John Grimes? Uh, John Grimes uh, sort of lost interest, and uh, and he uh, he just wanted me to continue it without him, and so that's what I'm doing. Was it like a dying wish? Like he was like, I can't, I'm not gonna make it. He got shot in the woods or something. I'm not, uh, not gonna make it. I need you to continue on the story, brother. I think never, what happened never let is it die. what happened is uh, he had your opinion of that it's a giant pain in the ass. Well, I and, mean. Uh, we were just talking before we hit record about how like putting together anthology pieces and stuff like that is a giant pain because you just got a lot of people, you know, work in a lot of different schedules and a lot of different timelines and it can get to be kind of taxing. And so you just walk right into that. And that seems like, uh, like a fool's errand, Caleb. <laughs> right. yeah, have you ever done a book that's not a massive anthology? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I am working on one, a secret one right now with an artist that's not a massive anthology. That's, that'll be my first one ever that doesn't incorporate a ton of different people. So how many books have you made, Caleb? 
Um, so this is the third A Small Favor book, but then okay. uh, just a couple months ago, I made a book, or I ran a campaign for a book called Modern Mythology, The Hero's Journey, which was a, a classic anthology. It's not like a, uh, like a small favor. I wrote the story and then I got a bunch of people to draw it for me. Modern Mythology was a, more of a true anthology where I had contributors, writers, and artists and everything. And they were all telling uh, stories of mythology set in the modern day. But um, that was a lot of fun. Noah was part of that book. Okay. Um, and um, so I guess I have, this will be my fourth comic book. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, but uh, but I've, this is my fifth Kickstarter, though. I, I did do one, uh, one Kickstarter that was not a comic book, um, that was a, a, a postcard. It was yes. a giraffe a draft that I drew and then I asked people to give me a dollar and I would put whatever sort of uh, accessory they wanted on the giraffe. And Which then was the really end... cute. <laughs> Thank you. My kids loved it. Like you, I, I forgot to tell you because I've just been busy. I know you have been too, but my kids loved the giraffe. They thought it was awesome. Oh, thank you. I don't understand why the giraffe was a Tottenham Hotspur fan. Are you a Tottenham Hotspur fan, or is I'm I've, I'm not a Tottenham Hotspur fan. One of the backers told me that uh, the giraffe was a Tottenham Hotspur fan. Well, that means your giraffe is a loser because Tottenham Hotspur <laughs> are are quintessential losers. Kevin, now I see two of you. It's like the Prince video from when doves cry. <laughs> I, can he stole my ear ass? I don't know, but he split screen on me. Dig if you will a picture of you and I engaged in a kiss. All right, so Noah, so how do you get involved in all this stuff? Like, well, yeah, I, uh, I'm like not really part of the comics world. I so actually, what the hell are you doing here? I know, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I actually, I, I work in theater mostly. Oh, that's fun. Okay, but, uh, but I've, I've. And I was sort of a late, a late to the comics world. I didn't really get into them until college. Okay. Sort of high school, college age. Um, but I, I used to do this like daily draw in February, um, uh, back in the heyday of Tumblr, and uh, and Caleb was doing it too one year, and I think that's how we met. Okay. Uh, yeah. Sort of suffering through a month of daily drawings <laughs> um and uh and then uh caleb asked me to to do some art for his book when it was when it was like early early days like some concept art i think was the first stuff i did and then ever since i've i've sort of been like the the world design and then also the like sort of a storyline this the sort of science fiction future quest that that's the framework for all the, the flashbacks. That's cool. Okay, so you're like the guy behind the guy. Like you're the you're the superstar who gets to do the A stories, the good stuff. Is that what you're saying? It's like you're Mister. Uh, you're dependable. You're the rock. Yeah. Well, for for the whole first volume, I would just like come in and do like a couple pages, and then all the exciting stuff would happen in flashbacks. But now, now that the story is really really cooking i get to do some exciting things that's cool and so how did you go from a like you said you had a theater background now what did you what did you do in the, the theater in the legitimate theater um well i'm a i'm a playwright and oh also, that's cool also a prop designer nice um, and so i do a lot of uh thinking about storytelling with image and text um which 
comics is like a nice break from from like the kind of stuff I do in theater because you don't have a giant team <laughs> to like and you also aren't constrained by reality but it's like the same kind of storytelling I think um, well and then you have to deal with all the blocking correct the blocking yeah now it's, so there's still plenty of blocking in comic books like you yeah have to figure out, you'd like there's still the horrible question of like what do they do with their hands <laughs> in a scene so is, is that like the big like what the actors want to know what do they do with their hands I feel like I feel like in my brief acting career in high school that I was like I just never knew what to do with my hands it seemed so I just like couldn't think about them put them in your pockets yeah behind your like, back yeah just I, I do that a lot in comics put them in your pocket or behind your back because they're so hard to draw <laughs> why don't you always go I mean do you think the old vaudevillian performers had that problem because they were always doing shit like this like their hands were always kind of crazy because they had the big stage motions yeah I mean I think jazz hands exist for a reason because it's like something to do <laughs> jazz hands that's interesting yeah man of the theater so how so like how many plays have you written um it's like where do you start counting um, oh wow you've written that many plays that you can't even count them no i've just written plays that i'm not sure i want to count them uh, okay okay well count those ones too i mean you might as well okay um, let me ask you a better question how many plays have you written that have been like performed on stage uh i've had like two two sort of off-Broadway productions in New York um, and then a few other sort of developmental like the new play world is all very much about getting like readings and development workshops and going on retreats and stuff uh, okay. for years and years until something like finally gets gets all the right things aligned to become a production but I've, I've sort of done two one of those plays actually had a comic book in it that I wrote and illustrated um, okay the, it was like a play about these two guys who decide to stay in on a rainy night and like are trying to fall in love with each other by talking about this fictional comic book series. And then, so like the only the only thing on stage with them is this is this fictional comic book issue. And then I also like uh, printed it and gave it to all the audience. That's cool. Now, did it work? Did they fall in love? Uh, you know, not quite. <laughs> You know, love is, they love got is hard. so close, though. Love is hard. And so maybe the comic was in the way. Oh, God damn, those comics ruin everything. <laughs> <laughs> those damn comic books ruin everything. All right, so you guys are running a Kickstarter for this thing, and you guys just launched for this book. Yes, yes? Yep, as we're talking, we launched um, about 10 hours ago. Whoa. How you feeling 10 hours in, bro? Uh, I'm feeling okay. Uh, okay. We're we're doing we're doing all right. I mean, you guys talk a lot on your podcast about the ups and downs of Kickstarter and how frustrating it can be. Yeah, it's the and, longest uh, month of your life. Yeah, and I just did it a, li- a couple months ago, uh, and now I'm back on Kickstarter again, and um, I'm feeling okay about it. I mean, I got I've, so far the people who are back in the project are are sort of my uh, my longtime fans, people that I know I can count on, which is cool uh-huh. to see them. It's always cool to see those people coming back again. There you go. So um, yeah, I'm feeling good though. We got a lot of cool stuff um, in in this Kickstarter that we're offering, and I think. Um, a lot of talented people. I mean, you know, you know, um, Walter Osley, obviously. Who? Who? Who is that? Who's that guy? Uh, he's coloring the, the issue and he's going to be coloring 
the next five issues um and uh which is really awesome i think he's uh he's bringing um a really cool feeling to the book um that's different than what we had before and um and then hoyt silva uh you know you obviously know hoyt who 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 is this uh i i tricked him into into drawing a story in the book too so that's cool Uh, yeah yeah it's really cool it's uh it's coming together i think the book is going to look really cool and i think i think people are going to be going to be excited about it of course you know i mean like i think every time that i launch kickstarter and i think you guys feel this too like facebook just like wants to fucking grind you down more and more every single time with you know how hard it is to get things in front of people's eyes it is hard um but i mean you know what man you just gotta gotta keep fucking grinding (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah totally so yeah anyway i'm feeling good i'm feeling good i don't know how much noah has been paying attention but uh um i i mean i spent a little time on it i i'm like not super involved in the right right. but like i think this one looks really really slick it's like i think you know i've been i've been watching over the years and this one's like i think it's a really good introduction to the story Mm -hmm. set up for because i think that's it's like a sort of strange thing about about coming in in the middle of something but uh but i think this is a good place to start well it looks like i'm looking at your kickstarter now and i just backed it because that's the kind of guy i am (laughs) um you can get caught up on the whole series you can get just this one here i guess for 15 bucks you can get a digital copy of a small favor the undying soldier numero uno you have a no you have a novella which is fancy i've never written a novella how did that go (laughs) um it's uh you can wait and read it and then you can tell me how it went. I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm just asking. I don't know. I'm not, like, ask, I'm not asking as a critic. I'm asking okay. more for, as a writer who's tried to write prose, who finds writing prose rather difficult. That's how I'm asking, like, how did it go? Well, I mean, it was fun. It's so different than writing a comic. I mean, you and I have talked about this before, but when I write a comic script, it's like, the dude walks into the room, kind of fill whatever the room with whatever you want. Like they, two characters fight. Like this is what they say. That's it. That's my script. Like you know, it's like very bare bones. And I'm kind of like, okay, you know, Noah or Walter, whoever I'm working with, I'm like, you do the hard work. Like I like, I came up with the bare bones. Like I'm paying you, so you go ahead and do the do the hard work for me. Um, when it comes to a novella, I had to do everything. I had to do all the freaking hard work bullshit now kevin i can see you <laughs> kevin <laughs> kevin was just giving us all like the stone cold steve austin like middle finger from the attitude era of wrestling and i can hear him i mean i could see him yep he's uh having some technical difficulties i guess uh I guess maybe he really is an old man. Old, he's an know. old man. Let's see. <laughs> it does like keep flashing a little like muted microphone on his picture. Yeah, I think yeah. he's doing that himself though. He's trying to figure out yeah. his microphone. I could hear him at one point, but now I can't. Now and now he's not even really trying to talk though. Now he's gone. But yeah, so um, so yeah, I tried writing prose one time and. Uh, it's hard. Like prose is difficult, man. Like 
trying to stay in like first person, third person, like you're bouncing all over the place. Like, oh, that's a pretty big spider right there. But yeah, it's um, it's a it's a difficult <laughs> task, man. Like, why would you take a challenge like that on? I feel like I'm asking you that a lot because you're doing an anthology book with 15 different artists, which is also kind of a pain in the ass. And you're also writing prose. Why would you do this to yourself, Caleb? I don't understand. Uh. I don't know, man. That's a good question. I guess I, I, the thing is, I think the real answer is that I like working with people. I like working with other people. Collaboration is one of my favorite things. It always has been. Um, so any chance that I can get to work and, and there's always so many cool artists and writers for that matter that I want to work with. But if I'm just like, I'm going to sit in my room and write something by myself, then I'm not working with them. Like on the big, uh, uh, modern mythology obviously it was cool to work with Noah again but then there were some people some writers that I wanted to work with so like I just called up Greg Anderson Elise who does the it's not of the worst fighter and I was like dude let's work together like here's an opportunity and uh, and so we did and that was really cool and yeah. that's not something I would have been able to do had I not taken on this big stupid monumental task I mean I'm not saying you're big and stupid I'm just saying it <laughs> seems like a lot to like it's it's just such a daunting task because, I mean, the thing I don't think people understand, um, you might understand if you listen to this podcast enough, but if, you know, if you just listen or you're at a show or whatever and making comic books on an independent level is kind of, all, it's all encompassing and completely frustrating because you, as a writer, because when I got into doing comics, I just write comics. I didn't think I'd have to hire graphic designers and, and learn how to put together PDFs and, and, and approve print copies and, and, and hire and fire letterers and all kinds. Like it, I didn't realize it was going to be all this stuff. Like I just thought I was going to be a writer. I didn't think I'd be a project manager. So there's so much kind of going on and like, it's hard enough just working with three people. Like if you're corralling cats, that's gotta be nuts. Kevin, are you there? I am. Can you hear me? Oh, yes. Wow. Look at that. All right. Kevin's here. But yeah, so I mean, like when you're, when you're working on a project, you really become, especially if you're running a Kickstarter too, because then you're like a carnival barker on top of all these other creative things <laughs> you have to do. So it just seems like you're making more work for yourself, but you're just taking this thing head on and I dig it. And you've got a really good attitude about the whole process. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I mean, I, I love it. I don't know. I enjoy it. Like, there are parts of it that I don't like. I mean, like what? Like, Tell me what you don't like. Yeah, we want to hear the dirt. You want to hear the dirt? Okay, like that's I mean, what the podcast is all about—the dirt. Like uh, <laughs> Kickstarter fulfillment is a huge pain. Like you know, packaging up you know four hundred books and sending them out to people, um, that kind of stuff. And that's like, and it's the point where like you know I'm not big enough to really want to hire a fulfillment service to do that for me it doesn't seem worth the money yeah um so i have to do it myself which is fine i mean you know and and like i like to add like personal touches to all the packages and stuff and i just like so it becomes a lot of work and like it's it's not that i like loathe that it's just like a lot of work and then there's like every once in a while you get some weird situation where you're working with someone and like it kind of turns south for whatever reason that happens in comics no way get out no. <laughs> everybody in comics loves each other what are you talking right about? right well i've actually been really fortunate the people that i have worked with for the most part i haven't had any issues with and i and i really pride myself on 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 trying to be a cool person to work with and you, you know, don't have to say that because no is here like you don't like. yeah that's no that's my insight like kale does make it really easy to work there, there was like 
a whole a whole kind of community that sprung up around the modern mythology thing. Like there was a Facebook group where people were like supporting each other and giving each other feedback on their work. It was like it was it felt like a nice place to be and like a good, a good motivator to make some comics. Well, it is good. I was talking to uh, Kelly Williams at uh, Memphis Comic Con, and we were saying that it's nice to kind of surround yourself with people that like to work and understand how this thing is because there's so many uh, motherfuckers in this business that like to talk about making comics and they'll be like, oh, I got this idea and I'm going to do this and I'm, I'm working on this thing here and I'm getting this thing done. And then, you know, two years later you come back and they're still spinning their wheels. You know what I'm saying? And so it's nice when you find a community of people like Kevin and I have been lucky enough to do, like it sounds like you've been lucky enough to do as well, Caleb and Noah, like to hit your wagon to people that have a similar drive and a similar goal set. You just want to keep working with those people over and over and over again. Like Kevin and I joke around with, with Walter, we're going to work with Walter until the day we all die because we know Walter, we know Walter wants to work. You know, and, right. and the day that we all die because we're all old is not that far for as Caleb <laughs> and Noah. So I mean, to expand on Caleb's old man joke from earlier. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Earlier, I was telling Kevin how he's got one foot in the grave. So well, I mean, <laughs> you just hating baby because Kevin Cuff is uh, living life to its fullest, Daddy, and he is. Uh, it's the beard he's hating on. It's the beard. It is. It it's, is. I see his has went away. His went away over the summer. Like it's supposed to come back in the winter and then go in the summer. Caleb's on that reverse beard shit. And I'll tell you what, man. Like Kevin is. I mean, you know, look at Kevin. He looks. He, he can play twenty eight. That Kevin. That's Cuff. true. You know. That's, that's true. not. That's not true. I don't know. You got to be careful with that hot sauce, though. Dang, I mean, man. that's gonna that's gonna, that's why I have one foot in the grave. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you doing Thank any you, Metal Shark? Are you doing any shtick? You got any bits that you're doing? For, you got some stunts? Yeah, you got some stunts. I don't do stupid human tricks. I don't do that. That's why uh, you. Uh, that's why your Kickstarter ain't gonna fun, baby. <laughs> right, right, yeah, no. I just got to do stupid shit on camera. That'll get it funded. No. Do skateboard tricks because, like, your last name sounds like a cool ass, like gleaming the cube skateboard trick. That's yes. that might be a reference between your time, the the gleaming the cube one. But it'd be like it sounds like a three sixty palm quest with an ollie. <laughs> <laughs> and and then see, like it does. It sounds Whoa, like a cool ass wow. skateboard trick. He just pulled off the palm quest. That's amazing. Yeah. See? <laughs> Last guy that tried that died in Devil's Gorge. <laughs> you know? Right, right, yeah. Yeah. It's um, a good project during the Kickstarter is to like also be trying to get really good at skateboarding. Right, well, because right, right. no, well, you have to kind of fill your time with something or you're just gonna sit there and stare at your computer machine. Are you guys one of those Kickstarter people that just stare at their computer machine counting every tally and dollar that comes in? Uh, if I'm not careful, I am. Uh, I, I've I, had moments in the past. <laughs> well, Noah ran a Kickstarter for the for the for the play you were talking about, the one that had the uh, the comic in it. You ran a pretty hefty Kickstarter a few years ago. Yeah, but also theater Kickstarters are just like the worst because you're not you can't like you're not buying anything. <laughs> yeah, like how would like, you even how would you do that? Like, yeah, that's, that was I was gonna ask. Well, no, it's like it's you're you're really just asking people for money for nothing. Like, 
It's like really sweet that they give it to you, but it's it's just miserable. That's awful. the best Kickstarter well, plan, though. I think that's our next Kickstarter. Yeah, we're asking for money for nothing, chicks for free. But when you're doing that, the Dire Straight reference for you young kids out there. Um, when you guys are doing that, like a play Kickstarter, uh, like it's not like they can come see your play. You can't give them tickets, right? Well, because it's it, the most of the funders are usually local. Okay. Close to okay. New York City, so there are like enough people to fund the Kickstarter around. But you could still, stream it. You could stream it to people. Like that's a good idea. Like you could do a Kickstarter. Then it's just a movie, right? It's does that <laughs> does that ruin the integrity of a play if you like well, record it and stream it? it? No. I mean, if, <laughs> if you have like equity actors, it's like costs a lot of money to turn it into a movie because you like have to you know pay people for their. Yeah, I imagine there's different unions for all that stuff too, right? Yeah. So, but also, like, I, I don't know. I, I think a lot of what makes theater good is the is the liveness of it. You're right, but I mean, how do you think my cheap ass saw Hamilton? I mean, yeah. on the internet. Yeah, but Hamilton's basically a movie. <laughs> That's true, and that guy's rich as fuck. God bless him. He like stays in the little, uh, the little window of the stage. Um, okay. He great, son. And he was wonderful in the new Mary Poppins movie. If you guys haven't seen the new Mary Poppins, it's I have a nine year old, a daughter. I, she I loves did it. See the new Mary Poppins. Did you enjoy the new Mary Poppins? I don't know. I didn't. It's, it's, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, you know what, though? It is a tough get because Mary Poppins is such a classic piece of film and everyone has feelings tied to it that the fact that they tried to redo it like a thousand years later felt kind of weird yeah i was like really i don't know i really was looking to mary poppins to to help me with my life like you know in the first movie <laughs> she, she like teaches you how to clean up and she does enjoy that but then in this she just like teaches you how to take a bath but i mean bathing is important though yeah, but like, you know? if I could, if I had time to take a bath, that would be. I already know how to enjoy that. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I, I guess I didn't. I didn't and then, really. And then the ending is just like, oh, good thing you invested in this bank. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I thought the. I did think the the storyline of them losing the family home was odd, but I did like the fact that old ass Dick Van Dyke showed up. That was nice. Yeah, it was good yeah. to see them. Yeah, it was great to see Dick Van Dyke. And because of Mary Poppins, my daughter watches the Dick Van Dyke show because she loves Mary Poppins. And I say, oh, if you like this, you'll love the Dick Van Dyke show because it's we can watch it on Amazon. So like for like two months, we just watched Dick Van Dyke every day and it was fucking great. Wow. Yeah. So by the... By the invested in this bank part, are you talking about the Disney cash grab? Is that what that is? Kind of, sort (laughs) of. Yeah, the ending is just like, it's just like, good job, you, you participated in capitalism all your life. <laughs> I mean, it's a good lesson to learn, though. <laughs> I mean, you learn, you learn to invest your money wisely. I mean, if Mary Poppins can't teach you that lesson, then what the hell good is she? <laughs> it's like a TD Waterhouse commercial. And Mary Poppins, all wrapped up into one. So this thing, this Kickstarter, you guys are running a small favor. The undying soldier numero uno. Uh, tell me what happens. Like, yeah, let's hear. Why does it. he live forever? Just tell me. I'm not. No, we will. We'll, I'll edit it out. I just want to know. Um. Don't okay. tell me, you fool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can I can tell you like a little bit about the uh, about the mystery. So okay. Uh, in in the previous issues that we published, uh, we sort of set up um, 
the 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 beginning of the mystery, which is that back in the Civil War, um, James was about to die, and this mysterious old man saved his life, and then told him that he was going to live for exactly one thousand more years, uh, and then it came true. He did, um, and um, then uh, about nine hundred and fifty years later, he's still not dead, but his AI uh, friend Liz is like, dude. If this is true, in about 50 years, you're going to die, but I'm an AI, so I'm not going to die, and I'm going to be lonely, so I don't want you to die. So let's find this old man so that you can not die. Huh. Uh, and that's what they're trying to do. Um, and so they're kind of following a trail of clues throughout the galaxy. In the first volume, um, which was called The Ruins of Enkidu 4, um, like Noah said, his parts were, were um, not as exciting. They weren't as action-packed because they were more or less... Um, uh, thread holding the flashbacks together so you could learn about James. Um, but now in this new arc called The Undying Soldier, there's like, they're heading straight into a war zone. They're, they heard about this guy called The Undying Soldier, who they think is also immortal, so they think he might be connected to the old man in some way. So um, James and Liz and their new a uh, friend, Crydre, who's this little alien boy who sort of looks like a squid man, is uh, they're all like diving headfirst into this active war zone that's like this war that's going on between what's called the Alliance, which is basically like the Rebel Alliance from Star Wars. And then you've got these aliens called the Nekans, who are sort of these evil corrupted um, bug creatures that every 10,000 years wake up and scourge the galaxy. Um, and that's all sort of like really classic sci-fi stuff but that's that's really not what the story is about the big war is is just sort of like a set dressing it's a backdrop uh-huh or for the for the mystery of what's happening so um the story is like war adjacent i would say more okay. so than it is a war story okay well and this character like starts during the civil war so i feel like you sort of get a sense of the the way that things don't change over these thousand years, like watching like the whole country and then the whole galaxy at war. Interesting. All right. So what like, I really uh, liked about the first one was the fact that James is an immortal who wants to to stay immortal. He wants to like keep being immortal. I thought that that was really an interesting take on immortality um, from the first one that you sent me PDF, Caleb. Right. So right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big thing. I mean, that was one of the things as I was writing this story uh, with my friend, John, we were sort of thinking about how like um, there's always these stories about dudes who are immortal and they've been alive for whatever couple hundred years. And they're like, Oh, I just want to die. Like, just let me die. Whatever. Like, you know, whatever dumb story where they have to like meet their true love or whatever to break the curse or whatever it is so they can die. And it's like, really? Like you're, you've lived for a few hundred years and now you want to die. And I just like, I don't, I mean, I guess I haven't lived for a few hundred years, so I don't really have that perspective. But in my mind, I'm like, if you like, if there, if it was a possibility that you could just not die, would you really like just be like, nah, man, I, I'd rather die. It doesn't make sense to me. Okay. It feels like also in the, in the first arc, James was very like checked out from society. Like he was happy to keep living, but very much like in his own world. Like he hasn't updated any of his technology and doesn't really see anyone. And so this, this like mystery and this like mysterious soldier is kind of bringing him back into contact with the world in a way that I'm, excited. I'm excited to see what happened. I, I don't, I haven't read, read ahead. I don't know what happened. <laughs> so then for what 
what, I can't can spoil I, anything. <laughs> so if I want to get everything, like what would you recommend me backing here on your Kickstarter campaign? If I want to get everything, right? Like every piece of information so I know exactly what's happening when I get this new book, what's the tier for me? Okay, so there's a tier called, um, let me look at it. It's called like the uh, catch-up tier or something. Okay. It's, uh, it is called the print edition catch-up bundle. Um, and that one will get you physical copies of everything. Um, we also have a digital version of the same thing, which okay. is cheaper. Um, so yeah, that one will get you, will get you everything. And, and we this have, looks, this looks like ahead. what a physical copy of Undying Soldier One, a small favor. Welcome to Earth World. That's that's what one, two, three. Uh, the novella. There's, that's three comics and a novella. That's a lot of stuff, man. That's a that's a pretty sweet little bargain there. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it, so basically there's two single issues because we did number zero, uh, Welcome to Earth World, which was very much like just an introduction. And we actually did that after we had done volume one. But volume one is a full graphic novel. It's about 130 pages long. Oh, wow. And then, and then this new one is a single issue, which will eventually be part of a second trade paperback collection. Um, and then, yeah, the novella. And the novella, I, I do want to say, is like, uh, I think it's cool. I like how it turned out. But it is also not essential. Um, like, Don't I, say I, that. Well, right. Of course, you have it's to. Read all it. It's read all essential. If you don't read this novella, you're not going to understand anything at all. Um, Look, the, no, the think... Kickstarter police are coming to arrest you for saying <laughs> dumb shit like that. No, babe, you guys to get all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the novella is actually included in basically every level, so you're kind of getting it whether you like it or not. No. Um, <laughs> Uh, but uh, the novella, I think, expand. I think it. I think it expands on the character of James, and I think that it's. Uh, I think that it makes the world richer. Um, but I didn't want it to be essential to understanding the mystery at the core of the comic because I didn't want to tell anyone like, "Oh, you're reading a comic book, and now to get the full picture, you got to go fucking reading read a book." Because like some people don't like to read books. Like uh, <laughs> books are long and boring. So I get that. All right. So there you go. So this Kickstarter that you are running launched a couple days ago. It runs until I'm looking at the date right here because I have the Kickstarter in front of me, November 21st. So you have until November 21st to back this project. Kickstarter is all or nothing for those of you that might not know. You can give money today, but you don't necessarily have to have money today. You can give the money today and it won't be taken out until the project funds. And that's even if it funds, but I know it will because I got a lot of good feelings about a lot of good things so i mean caleb and noah man i hope this thing goes well uh you guys are super awesome dudes we we'd love to have you back on the pod you're 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 nice cats and uh <laughs> good luck with all this man we're rooting for you yeah thanks for yeah. having us thank you very much and, That was Caleb and Noah. Those two dudes, their Kickstarter is running right now. Go to kickstarter.com and search for a small favor, the undying soldier. Nice guys. And I'm glad you got to show up for the interview, Kevin. You were having audio issues. Yeah, I was. My computer would not let me hear you guys for, for like a good 
25 minutes. So that's, it's good that it finally worked. So um, it, it's, it's also part of not having to be on the podcast every week for like two months. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad we're back. It's not, it feels good to be back. It does feel good to be back. So, yeah, so this is season three. We're going to try to get some cool guests on. Um, if there's anybody you want us to talk to, you can feel free to send us a line. I talked to some folks at Memphis that we're going to have on, uh, hopefully. So, yeah, we're working on some stuff, dudes. And you know what? Even if we don't have guests, we should just still chit-chat about stuff. We do. We, we have nice little chit-chats on here that you guys can listen to about comics and other things, and we have fun while we do it. So stick around for season three. We're, we're glad to have a, a season three to stick around for. There you go, everybody. And so we'll, we'll be back. I guess Philip Kennedy Johnson is coming on the show soon. Yes. Philip Kennedy Johnson will be on the show. And we have um, the, um, the guy who's in charge of publicity or marketing at Valiant. Um, okay. You might want, to, might want to learn his name. Matt something. I'm going to edit all that out. You can edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Philip Kennedy Johnson um, and and your requests and, and send your requests as to who you'd like to see on the show to us at Twitter on at Word Bros Podcast. Is a podcast a pod? Uh, I forget. You know, we, we might have to talk to the Valkyries and try to get them on too. Yeah, because they were like, awesome. Yeah, I would like to talk to, to them again. But there's all kinds of people we can talk to. Um, season three is upon us. We're excited to be back. Thank you for listening and uh, we'll be back next week. <laughs> You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast, thewordbros.com.